I want to start today by reading you a story, brief, a brief story about uh, a man named Peter Marshall. Peter Marshall was a well-known uh, minister, uh, mid-20th century, a Scotsman who became the U.S. Uh, Senate chaplain. And uh, it was, it's a story about how he, in a very pointed way, heard the voice of God. Listen to this. Back in Britain, one foggy, pitch-black Northumberland night, he was taking a short cut across the moors in an area where there was a deep, deserted limestone quarry. As he plodded blindly forward, an urgent voice called out, Peter. He stopped and answered, yes, who is it? What do you want? But there was no response. Thinking he was mistaken, he took a few more steps. The voice came again, even more urgently, Peter. At this he stopped again and, trying to peer into the darkness, stumbled forward and fell to his knees. Putting down his hands to brace himself, he found nothing there. As he felt around in a semicircle, he discovered that he was right on the brink of the abandoned quarry. Taking one more step would have certainly killed him. My friends, the contention that I'm bringing to you, the teaching that I'm bringing to you from Scripture in these days, is that God speaks to his people. The desire of God is that you learn to hear his voice and enter into dialogue with him, conversation for the rest of your lives. It's his will for you. We've looked at various elements regarding the voice, but today what we're going to look at is at the heart of the series. Because what the question is which we'll address today is very simply, how do you know when God, by his Spirit, speaks into your mind? That's the question, isn't it? How do you know which thoughts are your own and which thoughts are God's? Well, we're going to go to the famous story of the prophet Elijah from 1 Kings 19. And we're going to, f- going to focus on the moment God sp- spoke into Elijah's life, not audibly, but with the still small voice or the gentle whisper, as the translations say now. So I want you to listen to this and, and to learn from it. Uh, note again the conversational nature that Elijah uh, has in his relationship with God. And we're going we're to learn from this passage. So let me read this to you now. First Kings 19, uh, verse 9 to 13. Uh, there he went into a cave and spent the night. You'll remember he was depressed and really struggling. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled, over his, clo- pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And from that moment on, a conversation continues as God speaks into this man's life and instructs him. As Elijah hears the voice of the shepherd so that he knows how to follow after the shepherd to do his will. 
It's a remarkable moment that we, we, we need to learn so much from. If we are to know the voice of God, we have to learn to discern the gentle whisper as Elijah was obviously able to discern. This gentle whisper is by far and away the most common means whereby God speaks into our lives, even when he speaks through Scripture. And we're going to look at that next week as our final sermon in this series. But you see, we have to know the voice of the shepherd. We have to recognize it, as it says in John 10. Um, we, we, we have to know so that when he speaks, we're aware. And when he speaks, we can then act based on what he has spoken. Think John 10. There was another person present, the thief, representing the devil. The sheep knew not to listen to that voice because they had learned to recognize the voice of the shepherd. This is our challenge. This is so, so important. I want to begin our discussion with some sort of foundational realities when it comes to this gentle whisper discussion. And and the first thing that we need to recognize is that we learn to recognize the voice of God through experience, just by doing it. It takes time. It takes a relational interaction in an increasing measure with God. You know, how does an actual flock of sheep learn to recognize the actual shepherd's voice? Well, they hear it over and over and over again so that they know that is the voice that's coming from the shepherd. And it's the same with us. Think about Samuel, the young boy in the temple that we studied a few weeks ago. He didn't know the voice, obviously. But he came through experience to recognize it. And he responded to it for the rest of his life. See, Elijah, at this point in the story, seems to be an old hand at listening for the voice of God and recognizing it and being in dialogue with God. But somewhere at some point in his history, he didn't know it either. And he began to hear it. He began to recognize it over and over and over again. So that in the end, he knew God was speaking to him in this experience. So we need to step in. And I've encouraged you to do that over these weeks. I I sure hope you are, intentionally. Asking God to reveal to you himself and his voice when he's speaking to you. And then to, and, and, and to do, in doing so, grow in our ability, your ability, my ability, to hear God more and more. So I want to encourage you to be patient with yourself, but to engage. Because if you do, God will help you recognize his voice. Another foundational reality is that as the the whisper comes we got to recognize that it must always align with scripture god's written word um, which he often uses to whisper to us but the reality is that the, the 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 gentle whisper will never contradict the written word of god the written authoritative word of god is our standard It is primary for us. It is true. And as I say, we have to compare what we hear to that standard. God will never tell you through the gentle whisper, through the still small voice, to do anything that contradicts the Bible. He just won't do it. Um, For example, God will never tell you to worship an idol. It's not in his heart. It's not in his mind. It's not his desire for you. He knows it's not life-giving. It's life-draining and life-destroying. So 
He'll never whisper to you, worship an idol. And God will never tell you to be unfaithful to your spouse. It's not, it's not his will. It's not his desire. You know, I've had people in my experience who tell me that God has led them at least to do what directly violates the will of God. My response to them, I hope graciously, of course, has been, I don't know who told you to do that, but it's not God. You see my point, my friends? God will only speak in a way that is consistent with the way he has spoken in the Bible. And we need to be listening for that voice and recognizing when it comes and knowing that it has an, a consistency with Scripture itself. This is foundational. This is important, uh, critical for us to remember. All right, so if we're going to jump in a little bit, what's the process? How do we get there? How do we know? Well, number one, um, for uh, most uh, often when we experience the voice of God, the gentle whisper, it comes to us in quiet moments. Now, think of about Elijah. God did not speak in the loudness of various events. You know, the powerful wind that tore the mountains and broke the rocks. God did not speak in what must have been an incredibly loud, noisy earthquake. God did not speak through the roar of a fire. God spoke into, the, into quietness in which the gentle whisper could be heard. My friends, if you want to hear from God, you have to do what Psalm 46 suggests. Be still and know that I am God. Be still in his presence. Get quiet with him. Because it's there you'll start to hear and notice the thoughts of which God speaks into your mind. I want to read Matthew chapter 12 uh, in this light. It's, it's a really interesting passage. Um, uh, it's, it's a prophecy from Isaiah, of course, giving reference to the Messiah who w- was to come, Jesus. But listen to verses 18 and 19. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. Isn't that remarkable? (laughs) You know, we're not going to hear the voice of God in the streets with the hustle and the bustle of of, of busyness surrounding us. If we want to hear God speak into our minds, we have to create those quiet moments. We have to find that place where Jesus said, go into your room and close the door. Be one-on-one with me in quietness and pray to your Father who is in heaven. I understand that to be a two-way dialogue, not a monologue, but it's a place which we can set aside for him to hear the gentle whisper in quietness. That creates the setting. Then what comes? And here's where we really get down to it. How do you know it's the the, the voice of God in your mind? How do you know the thoughts that you were thinking are God's and not your own, essentially? Well, they are your own, of course, but they come from God. Well, we begin with this, and I would think this is probably the most important point that I'll make to your series of points. When we hear the voice of God, the whisper takes on a qualitative difference. It's just different. It's different in terms of quality. It's different in in terms of content. Let me start with the quality, first of all, of this thinking. And I've gathered different thoughts from those I've read, and and, and I hope this will really help you 
grasp a hold of the different thought that you might have when God's speaking to you. First of all, you know, God in, in, in this process takes our aware, awareness and heightens it. He heightens it to give our thoughts a unique and special quality. In other words, when we think those thoughts, they're not normal to us. They're not the kinds of thoughts that we normally think. There's a uniqueness, a specialness to them. They're heightened. Another person has written, he takes our thoughts and, 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 and he speaks into our minds and there's a weightiness to them. Now, if you know what it's like to hear the voice of God speaking into your mind, you know exactly what I'm talking about there. The voice comes and it's like, ooh. <laughs> it's not heavy in a, in a negative way or, or a depressing way, but it's, it's heavy in terms of feel and significance. God has spoken. These, these thoughts, heightened thoughts, weighty thoughts, then give a deep impression in our minds and in our hearts. They have impact. You know something has happened. Something different has taken place. And then these uh, thoughts, when they come from God, feel like there's a steady calmness to them. Um, there's a gentle, clear force behind them which impacts our souls and seeks to move us forward. Now, those are really critical characteristics that I want you to remember. And I want you to look for if you're seeking to learn to engage in this process of hearing from God. Let me say them again because they're so important. Number one, God takes our self-awareness, our thoughts, and he heightens our thoughts, breathes life and energy into them. Number two, these thoughts take on a weightiness that our other thoughts don't have. Our thoughts can be flighty, right? But not God's thoughts. They're thoughts which create a deep impression upon us. They're thoughts that come to us with a steady calmness. They are thoughts that have a gentle, clear force behind them which impacts our souls and moves us forward. I think that captures really well um, the experience of thinking a thought after God. You know, I... I um, want to read to you a quote. This is a quote from a man named John Wesley. Many of you will know of John Wesley. Maybe many of you will, will not, but he was the man who gave leadership to the creation of Methodism and ultimately uh, Methodist churches, denominations, Wesleyanism, and so forth. And he asked the question in a sermon called The Witness of the Spirit. And here's the question. How, but how may one who has the real witness in himself, that's it, hearing the voice of God, distinguish it from presumption? People spoke differently then. But here is his answer in the sermon. Let me read it to you. How, I pray, do you distinguish day from night? How do you distinguish light from darkness? Or the light of a star or a glimmering taper from the light of the noonday sun? Is there not an inherent, obvious, essential difference between the one and the other? And do you not immediately and directly perceive that difference provided your senses are rightly disposed? In like manner, there is an inherent, essential difference between spiritual light and spiritual darkness and between the light wherewith the sun of righteousness, Christ, shines upon our heart and that glimmering light which arises only from sparks of our own kindling. You see, Wesley's saying there it's almost impossible to not distinguish the two. 
the voice of God versus our own, our own thinking, which lacks, if you would, that, that strength and that significance and that weightiness and that, that sense of impact that God brings. So it's just, it's just really important to start to, to think about it and to recognize and, and to, to, to experience the difference. You know, for me, very often, I'm just left with the wow factors. Like, wow, <laughs> you know? Um, sometimes my response, and it's not always as pointed as others, but when it's pretty pointed, I'll, I'll think to myself something like, you know, that's really different from how I think, right? It's really different from, from the thought that I have. And the content is different, the content. You know, someone has said it's right, it's good, it's true. Of course it is because it's of God. But it's different from what you or I might think in any given moment. I remember someone was speaking here a few years ago uh, and, and, and that person said to us that God had spoken something into his mind and he told us what that is and then he paused and he said, do you know how I know that was God? course he's drawing people into the to the discussion but his answer to to his own question is i don't talk like that i thought that's good (laughs) that's really good because you see the way god speaks is different from the way we speak the way god thinks is different than the way we think and when we recognize something's going on in our experience in our minds that's different than what is normal to us we got to sit up and listen we've got to take note in my experience very literally I have thought I believe the thoughts of God, and I've asked this question, where did that thought come from? That's one of those more profound moments when God speaks. Where did that thought come from? Because I know it didn't come from me. I know it. And the idea is followed up with a a, a thought something like this. I'd never think that on my own. Have you ever experienced that? A thought that you know you'd never think on your own, which causes you to think, very strongly that the thought is of God. So we have to look at these different realities, content, um, quality, and hear God speak. I want to read another quote to you. It's about a man named Bob Mumford. I believe he was uh, a missionary in Columbia, South Africa. And he heard God say to him one day in this fashion, I want you to go back to school. That's the quote. Um, And here is his description of that experience. It couldn't have been any clearer if my wife had spoken the words right next to me. It was spoken straight and strong and right into my spirit. It wasn't demanding, a demanding, urgent voice. If it had been, I would immediately have suspected the source to be someone or something other than the Lord. The vocal impression was warm but firm. I knew it was the Lord. My friends, note the unique, distinct character of the voice of God, unique and distinct from you in terms of the quality of your thinking and the thoughts themselves that come. Another way to add to this idea of weightiness and deep impression and spiritual impact is this. When the voice of God comes to us, it bears the stamp of God's personality. Think of that idea. You know, another way to say it is it sounds like the God of the Bible whom we've come to know. It sounds like God. It sounds like it's something God would say. And it confirms and is consistent with God's nature and indeed with the kingdom of God, which he rules. 
See, it has a characteristic about it. It sounds like him. Let me read to you um, a verse from James. James chapter 3, verse 17. And when I found this, I just loved it in, in this context. Listen to this. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Do you hear that? <laughs> the wisdom that God gives to us is a wisdom that is of God. It's like him. It's who he is. So when God speaks, he's going to communicate these characteristics of himself through his voice. You know, the idea uh, is that Jesus was never a bully. So when you hear the voice of Jesus, you're never going to be bullied by that voice. Never. Because it's the spirit of Jesus speaking into your life, right? And it's, and it's an amazing thing when you recognize it. It's not loud. It's not frenetic. It's not frantic. It comes with peace and with confidence and reasonableness and goodwill. I want to read to you a, a, another quote. Um, it's a story of, of a, a, a young man named Evan Roberts. Uh, he was studying uh, to be a minister, and he heard a, a sermon and was deeply moved by it uh, as he uh, was at school. And, and here's, the, here's the report of that. Roberts could not concentrate on his studies after that and went to the principal of his college and said, I hear a voice that tells me I must go home and speak to the young people in my home church. Mr. Phillips, is that the voice of the devil or the voice of the spirit? Phillips answered very wisely, the devil never gives orders like that. You can have a week off. <laughs> Isn't that good? And then later on it says, Sub subsequent events in which he was involved strongly confirmed that Roberts was indeed directed by the Lord on this occasion. In other words, he heard the voice of God. He identified the voice of God. He did what the voice of God called him to do, and the Spirit of God moved in the lives of those young people. Powerful way. This is how the shepherd leads. This is how the shepherd calls us in the way of his choosing. So yes, the voice sounds like God. And further to that yet again, listen to this one, the voice, when it comes into our minds, it comes... Um, with authority. It comes with the authority of God. I really like this point. <laughs> Think about Jesus when he was with us on earth. We've got that record in, in the New Testament, of course. It says there on numerous occasions that he was one who spoke with authority. And the people loved it. They recognized something authentic in what he was saying. He wasn't referencing all the rabbis and the various traditions. He just spoke the truth because he was God, the Son of God. God in human form. And I want to tell you, my friends, when God speaks into our minds and into our hearts, he doesn't come to debate with us. He doesn't come to try to convince us of anything. He doesn't come and, 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 and want to argue a point. We, we have to realize that when God comes and he speaks into our minds, he is coming to speak to us as God. God Almighty, God All-Powerful, God All-Wise. God who is all true. My friends, when we hear that authoritative voice, we'll start to recognize it and we'll know it. You see, it feels like the voice of God because of the, the authority that comes with it. And then this one. 
The voice of God is clear and specific. It just is. We're nev- never left wondering what God said and whether he said it when you know, when you've had this experience. Think about Elijah. What did God say to him? Go back where you've just fled from, anoint this king in that location and another king over here and anoint Elisha to be a prophet and to follow after you. And by the way, there are 7,000 people who have not bowed to Baal, contrary to your thinking. You see, the voice of God, when it comes, it speaks truth in to our lives and, and it displaces the lie. God speaks truth, right? But he speaks it clearly and he speaks it specifically. It's not ambiguous, if you would. When God speaks, we know in part because of the clarity that it brings. Great verse. Uh, Numbers, chapter 12, verse 8. Uh, this is a context in which Moses is being criticized by Aaron and Miriam, his sister and his spokesperson, senior leaders among the people of Israel. Um, they are saying essentially, you know, we hear from God too. Why does everybody listen to you? Why are you the spokesperson from God? And what happens in the end is God judges them pretty harshly uh, for essentially attacking uh, his appointed leader and spokesperson. Um, but I want you to hear this vo- voice. Numbers 12, verse 8. God speaking, referencing Moses. I speak with him face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then are you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? But did you hear that? God doesn't speak in riddles. <laughs> You're not left wondering. It's clear. It's specific as the Lord speaks into our lives. And last point in terms of recognizing the voice of God. When the whisper comes, uh, it's often a recurring thought. God often repeats what he speaks into our minds when we need it to be repeated. You see, a lot of, a lot of times we can think thoughts and they're gone, right? Fleeting, I said previously. There are thoughts that we think that we never think about again. But if God is speaking into our minds, um, he will persist. And if we really want to know if something is of God and we're beginning to notice something persisting, maybe he's leading us to pray for someone or to go and do this or to do that. We can pray, say, Lord, if this is thought is really of you, keep reminding me of this. If it's not of you, help me to let it go. Help me to never think of it again. I want to tell you, my friends, if that thought persists, boy, sit up and take note because it's very possible the Lord is speaking to you. Isn't that good? I want to begin to wind down and, and, and make a, a couple of points. Um, w- while we can hear God's voice, and while we do think God's thoughts, and while we need to take them with incredible significance, I want to suggest to you today that we do so with humility. You know, there have been times in my life when people have said, you know, God spoke to me and I, uh, I am convinced of this. It's, it's an absolute reality and nobody can tell me otherwise. And sometimes in my mind that's been, can I call it suspect? And wh- what I'm saying to you is that sometimes we can be wrong. You see, we're fallible human beings. And it would be wonderful if we were perfect and always got it right, but we're, we don't. What's perfect and right is Scripture. It is infallible. It is inspired by the Spirit of God. It is true. That's why it's the standard by which all else is judged. But we, as I say, 
or not, we are fallible. And we make mistakes. Now, please don't take this so far as you think we can't know God's voice, because we can. But please take seriously the idea of engaging this with humility. Engaging it in a way that we can, we can hear God speak and say something like this. You know, I, I really sense God is speaking into my life. That's how I say it now. I don't say God spoke to me, therefore you, you know. I say, this is what I sense. My friends, if there's ever any question, if there's ever an action that you're going to take that has significant consequence for your life or the life of another person, can I suggest that you, you bring it into Christian community? And you invite other people to discern with you also if this is the voice of God, that they themselves begin to hear what the Lord is saying in their mind, in their hearts, to confirm, if you would, that indeed what you're thinking of God is of God. My friends, don't give the still small voice the same authority that we give Scripture. Do this with humility. In the end, my friends, I just want to tell you, when God speaks, um, and as he speaks again and again and again, you, you will really learn to engage this. And you will end up, as Elijah did, having an ongoing conversation with him. You'll be like Elijah, and it will bring you life, and it will bring you joy, bring goodness into your life. It'll bring you into God's will in a way that maybe you've never known it before. One last comment before we wind up. And it's very practical in terms of how you might engage this, even today and tomorrow and the day after that. Spiritual director once said to me, um, in relationship to hearing the voice of God, and I just loved it. He said, you know, when you have your devotional time with God, you read scripture, you pray, I journal often. All of those things help me really honestly hear God more, hear him speaking into my lives, into my life. But this man said to me, Chris, give Jesus the last 10 minutes of that devotional time. Give him the last 10 minutes. And what he meant by that is, after you've read and after you've prayed and if you journal, journal, but then sit in quietness before the Lord. Um, and then notice what thoughts come into your mind. Because God will give you thoughts to think. And you sit there and you begin to discern and you begin to ask yourself the question, is this a heightened awareness? Is this weighty in the way that it's typical of God? Um, does this thought create that deep impression? Is there a difference in terms of quality and content? It's not necessarily my thought. It's not how I speak. Does it come with authority? Hmm. Does it sound like the God I've come to know from the Bible? You see, in the end, we will find ourselves in conversational relationship with God. That's an amazing thing. You and me. And I want to tell you, that's what God longs for with you because he loves you. He longs for that conversation. He longs for that closeness. And he longs that you might know it too. Let's pray. Gracious God, what an incredible thing that we mere human beings have this capacity to hear from you. God, you've created us with minds, um, bodies, but also, Lord, we are spirit, and spirit can speak to spirit, your Holy Spirit to our spirit. 
And that communication can be real and a powerful influence in our lives. So Lord, again, I just want to pray for your people, those who are listening today, that you would take them on a journey as you once took Elijah on a journey so that he knew when you were speaking to him and Samuel so that he knew. God, your people in so many different circumstances. And I pray that the, the people who are listening to the, today and even we as a congregation would become characterized by those who hear the voice of God and live our lives according to it. So Lord, Holy Spirit, accomplish this in us. Identify your voice to us. And then help us to take seriously what you have said, living by faith and in obedience as we follow after you. And this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.